Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Oh, that is not how we should open the episode. I'm so sorry. Um, Downloadable radio shows. Down. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, okay. Hey, guys, welcome back to the worst year ever. Here yes. we are, your yeah, worst is. crew. And a critical part of the worst year ever is badly introducing the podcast, the worst year ever. It really um, is the the worst part of every show i think yeah it should be it should be beginnings you know should be terrible it's like birth birth yeah. like is a is a painful process which you can so, speak to it lets you know right yes. away it's like here's life yeah. life is pain here you go and you know, this show here's the intro the yeah. year is pain and this intro gives you an idea of what to expect yeah. i think it does nail it every just time. and in a similar way you know, I, I really understand childbirth now because of introducing podcasts. Oh, you know, is now, that now, so? Now, now I understand so, the pain sir? of childbirth. You feel like you feel like you could do it, right? <laughs> I, well, I feel like I, I do it so every easy. week. It sounds now. so easy. Exactly. Yeah. You do the yeah. exact same thing every single week, a couple of times. <laughs> I love the two male hosts talking about I mean, childbirth. I'm, I'm Katie, the place Katie, could you please, could you please, for a second, Robert, I need to discuss how easy childbirth is Robert. Uh, I'm just angling for that sweet, sweet cancellation so I can finally sleep. Uh, Katie, um, Katie, you want to take the lead up top? Just because this is not going well. I think it's going great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. A lot of news this week. There's uh, so much yes. news this week. Uh, Seattle has seceded from the United States, according to Fox News. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, alternatively, South Carolina has been threatening it every year. Yeah. But, but they fucking did it. Wild, yeah. if true. Yeah, uh, you know we're talking about the um, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, uh, yes, or Chaz, are. as a lot of people call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I'm curious. Like, what do you what do y'all based on kind of what you've heard? What do you think's going on up there? It sounds incredible. <laughs> All right, look. There's based on what things I've heard. Depends on where you're looking. If I'm looking on Twitter and the people I follow, it seems like a goddamn utopia. It seems like a pretty beautiful expression of um, of protesting, of community, uh, of coming together and creating something special and safe, you know, relatively speaking. And then if you look at the right-wing media, you uh, think it is the epitome of chaos and anarchy. Uh, so there's Mad Max. Two, two very different narratives uh, yeah. coming forward here. Uh, yeah. You've yeah. been on the ground there. Yeah, I spent a couple days there. Um, and I, I would say, were you to go there, 
you, the listener, or you, my co-hosts, your overwhelming impression would be like, oh, this is like a big unpermitted block party. Like right. it's it's like a music festival like, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like it's it's, it's, got it's like pretty... an Occupy vibe too. It's right, just like they... people hanging out in a space, right? Yeah, the difference between it and Occupy is the the fact that they did kick out the cops and like oh, that's yeah, been for a little, sure. the I cops just mean like the general vibe at some point. Of like, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah, like the barreling... yeah, so what what's actually going on here? Um have y'all ever heard of the term a temporary autonomous zone? Not before now. So uh, this has been like a big part of my life since about age 20. I started hanging out and, and helping to establish temporary autonomous zones all around the United States. And this is a very complicated history. So temporary autonomous zones have existed for centuries, perhaps, th- perhaps thousands of years. But the name itself and the kind of ideology that's formed around it um, was invented in, I think, the early 90s um, by... This is such a weird story. So the term temporary (laughs) autonomous zone and kind of like the organized ideas around it were created by a pedophile anarchist sorcerer um, (laughs) named Hakeem Bey. There's a (laughs) lot you just threw at me right there. Yeah, a pedophile anarchist sorcerer came up with the the term. (laughs) And he said... (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... Hakeem Hakeem Bey, uh, his real real name is Peter Lamborn Wilson, um, and he's like an <laughs> anarchist. On. Yeah, yeah, he's right. an anarchist okay. author and poet, um, and again, just a sorcerer. Um, he <laughs> he was born not independently wealthy, like, but independently poor. So like, he he was born uh-huh. with enough family money that he could not work um, and live as a poor person forever. Um, and so he's just kind of always written wild nonsense uh and also studied sufism um and he like not all nonsense like he it's weird because you read hakeem bay and it's this mix of like some really beautiful um some really beautiful lines and then like utter nonsense um and often like it's this stuff yeah and the the pedophile stuff stuff. yeah we'll we'll get into all that the sorcery stuff is like i don't know if you're into like um uh uh order templo orientis or like any of this like like Hakim Bey was into the uh, was into magic, uh, is into magic, sure. and he's still alive. Um, and so, like, all of his essays include like spells and stuff. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 weird stuff to read. Um, but there's there's some interesting there there's some interesting lines in there, and it, it like the fact that this guy's so problematic makes it very frustrating. Like, so one of the lines that that has always like stuck with me from his initial essay, uh, "Temporary Autonomous Zones," is. Uh, the universe wants to play. Those who refuse out of dry spiritual greed and choose pure contemplation forfeit their humanity. Those who refuse out of dull anguish, those who hesitate, lose their chance at divinity. Those who mold themselves blind masks of ideas and thrash around seeking some proof of their own solidity end by seeing out of dead men's eyes. Um, mm. That's a good line. Mm-hmm. Um now, the problem with Hakim Bey is, as I have mentioned a couple of times, is he is a fucking pedophile. Um, I don't know that he's actually committed pedophilia because i don't think he's ever been arrested but he has written lengthy essays about why it would be cool um and so cool the the idea of a temporary autonomous zone and and again bay didn't invent the idea but he kind of formalized he kind of was the first person to in an organized way describe this thing that's been happening for a long time um and i'm gonna re like so his idea was basically um you can't have a f- more free society. You can't push for a more free society with people who haven't tasted freedom. And because it's impossible to be free in the police state we live in, people should seek to create temporarily free spaces so that they can experience freedom um, and then go on to to like experiment with new methods of living that they can bring back into the world outside of it. And this is this is where fucking Burning Man came from. Like initially, okay, like, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Burning Man now, right. you know, people make fun of it because like it's become this big tech industry thing where a bunch of it's a billionaire playground. But back in when it started, um, there were no fucking cops out there. They did it in a bunch of different locations. Everybody had fucking machine guns. Like it was it was a very intense and very political thing. Um, and it was this idea of what if we get thousands of people out into the middle of nowhere with no fucking cops and no fucking state and we experiment with how to set it, take care of our own health care, how to take care mm-hmm. of, you know, our own uh, resource distribution power. Like we do that for a while to prove that we can do it on our own and learn things about ourselves and things about how society can be. Um and temporary autonomous zones are both a great venue for a party, like raves in a lot of cases, especially like early illegal raves. 
are a temporary autonomous zone where you're like taking over like some abandoned warehouse and making it into a place temporarily um, that that is free and then, you know, leaving when the cops come. Um, but another example of a like probably the most significant recent example of a temporary autonomous zone used for protest was the Maidan in um, in Kiev, in the capital mm-hmm. of Ukraine in 2013 and 14, where activists occupied the center of the capital um, f- built an ice fortress around it and were sieged by the police for weeks um, and fought the police hand to hand for weeks at a time until they overthrew the government. Um, and basically, you know, it started with them being like, we are, our, our president is trying to become a dictator. We are living in a police state. We are going to take over the center of the city, reject their rule of law and fight their enforcers, you know, until they either kill us or we we beat them. And they did beat them. Um, Standing Rock would be another example in the United States of a temporary autonomous zone, you know? The the actual giant protest camps that they had um, yeah. were kind of outside of the control of, of the state for a period of time. Right. Um, I found a good definition of a temporary autonomous zone written by someone who's not a pedophile uh, in the Interaction Institute for Social Thank Change. Thank God. Yeah. I'm wait, uh, quote, waiting. A temporary autonomous zone is a liberated area of land, time, or imagination where one can be for something and not just against, and where new ways of being human together can be explored and experimented with. Locating itself in the cracks and fault lines in the global grid of control and alienation, a TAZ is an eruption of free culture where life is experienced at maximum intensity. It should feel like an exceptional party where for a brief moment our desires are made manifest and we all become the creators of the art of everyday life. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Uh, th- this is. What I also I've spent like that it can be doing. in your imagination. <laughs> yeah, and it can be on the. There, there's people who can argue that, like, no, actually, anonymous, like the the initial hacker collective that started up, you know, back in the the mid aughts, were establishing like digital temporary mm-hmm. autonomous zones mm-hmm. at times. Like, there's not a, a a super strict definition of what a TAZ is, and I would say I would say that about half of the time I was in the Chaz in Seattle, it was a temporary autonomous zone. And then the police came back and people didn't yeah. kick them out. And then it stopped being a temporary autonomous zone. That is my one line. If there's fucking cops, it's not a TAZ, yeah. which is why I don't consider Burning Man to be a TAZ anymore. But there are regional burns that don't fucking let the cops in that are TAZs. Um, that's my own personal line. Like people can disagree with it, but my 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 wording is it's not autonomous if there's fucking cops. So when the cops <laughs> came back, did they stay? Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell what's happening. So the police are still saying that they're like kind of moving out of the precinct. I don't think it's really clear what's going to happen yet. Police have been kind of in and out of the precinct since then. Um, there have been attempts to stop groups of police from coming in that have been successful and unsuccessful. And like, there's broad agreement within the Chaz that they don't want cops to ever come back. Um, but also not broad agreement on how to do that, because at a certain point, if the cops choose to reoccupy their precinct, you either let them or you fight them. Mm-hmm. And this is something they've been. There's a lot of autonomous zones in Europe, neighborhoods in like um, uh, uh, like Christiania in um, I think fucking Denmark. Um, and uh, uh, there's that that neighborhood in uh, in Athens in Greece that's like an mm-hmm. anarchist squat neighborhood. Um, I've been to a couple in uh, Slovenia, Social Center Roj. Um, which are like these little autonomous zones in cities. Um, and sometimes they do get into massive fistfights with the police over whether or not they can continue to exist. Um, I, I was having a conversation with a friend who was telling me about like meeting someone in like a, a, this squat in Sweden and like ask, like her being like, yeah, about once a year, the police will try to break it up. You know, this has been going on for like 20 years. And he was like, what do you do when the police come to break it up? And she was like, we fight them. <laughs> like we, we have to beat well, them up. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. We don't want them to be there. So we don't want them to be there. So we have to kick the shit out of them or they kick the shit out of us and stop it like that. And so that's obviously more complicated in the United States because our police are so much more violent and and I think protest in general in this country has less of an appetite for physical confrontation than like like in France they don't give a shit like 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 French yeah. pro, French protesters will not just riot but will like all right it's time to like fist fight all of our cops like, yeah <laughs> there, there are like firefighters regularly fight the police in France and one of the ways firefighters do it is they will put on all their firefighting gear light themselves on fire and charge what? into a crowd of police is- what <laughs> yeah. I did not I'm so know that. Happy that I know There's that some now. wild videos of, po- of of firefighters just like let's beat the shit out of some cops. <laughs> God, I want to live in Europe. <laughs> it fucking rules. <laughs> um, 
So anyway, like that's kind of what a TAZ is. And obviously, there's a lot that's problematic in sort of the history of the ideology, because like Hakeem Bey, the guy who came, who, who formalized the idea, part of what he wanted Taz's for is like a place where he could molest children. So yeah, no, sorry. Sorry. Like, there's yeah. a lot of like, it's a, uh, that overlap, uh, with yeah. like libert- libertarians where it's like, well, yeah. why, why do you want to be able it's to It's like, do oh, it? the law you don't like is the one that says you can't fuck yeah. kids. Yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you know, I, like th- th- this is like the Taz's have existed again since way before uh, Hakim Bey. You can think of the the Paris Commune, um, you know, the the Commune in Munich. Um, some of like these uh, uprisings that happened after World War One, where like neighborhoods would be taken over, often by socialists. Like these are all kind of like temporary autonomous zones. And there were cases you can also look at the um, some of the mining camps that were established by uh, union striking workers in places like Pennsylvania and West Virginia um, had aspects of this to them, as did like different kind of parties thrown during the hippie area mm-hmm. where like people would all like, like the, the stuff that like turned into Woodstock eventually. So like this has obviously been going on for a long time. Bay was just kind of uh, attaching a name to it. He was good at attaching names to things. Um, for example, another name, another thing that Hakim Bay named that I really admire is um, the concept of poetic terrorism, which is terrorism that instead of using violence, uses art. It forces art upon people for the purpose of terrorizing and changing them in the society. Oh, so um, like a Banksy? No, <laughs> no, because ba- that's it was mostly just, a joke. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that, <laughs> I'm that's, glad that you considered yeah. what I said. <laughs> so a great example of poetic terrorism. Um, so in the early aughts, we talked. We did an article about this on Cracked at one point. There was this lady who showed up at a fucking. Uh, this lady like and a, a crew rolled up in like a limousine during like one of the big crazy like Christmas shopping days at like uh, I think it was like a some, a mall uh, or it was some sort of big box store. And like came in and talked to the manager and they announced over the loudspeaker that like a, a wealthy donor would be like paying for everyone's purchases in like two hours or something. Um, so everybody who was like lined up in two hours with purchases would get them paid for by this random rich person. And like it sparked a fucking riot in the shopping center and people were like yeah. fighting each other and destroying shit. And while it was all happening, those people just left. Um, they were just like, <laughs> like, like that, that, that would be an example of poetic terrorism. Okay. okay. Um, and it's a great concept to have a name for, but Hakeem Bey himself was re- actually really bad about knowing what poetic terrorism would be, because like one of the examples he came up with for an act of poetic terrorism was pooping on the floor of a bank, which okay. I, I wouldn't call poetic <laughs> terrorism. Oh, I would call okay. I would call pooping on the floor of a bank. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't cold, change bro. anything. You're just shitting in a bank, dude. That's like, like such a disappointing example yeah. of yeah. like a, a a beautiful sounding yeah. concept and like yeah. oh th- that's just juvenile. <laughs> I mean, humor. Just, that's just pooping on a bank, <laughs> dude. Like you're not. That's what shit. babies do. Yeah, like the whole like you know yeah. At le- like <laughs> at best, it's really bad art, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> fucking Hakeem Bey. <laughs> He's such a piece Come of on, shit. Man. Come on, man. Um, but really good at naming things because both temporary autonomous zone or Taz or and poetic terrorism are great terms for things. So Hakeem Bey is, yeah, a problematic dude that also you, you kind of have to at least be aware of if you're going to talk mm-hmm, about these mm-hmm. things because his, his impact is pretty broad on, um, on the counterculture. That's all we should say about Hakeem Bey. So, yeah, I went to the Chaz. I would say about half the time I was there, it was what I would describe. Like the, I, we were, my, my partner Beatrix and I, um, my like my work partner, um, and who like went rolled up there with me. She had been like arrested the night before in Portland uh, while clearly displaying her press pass and working for me as a stringer, um, which we're fighting currently, and we will continue to fight because it's bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. So like she went from being uh, tear gas the night we all got tear gas the night before that she got arrested she got out and then we drive to this autonomous zone and like the first thing we see is the defaced uh east precinct where they mm-hmm. had like spray painted and like like blocked out over the, the like the police department thing with like people's department and like uh they'd fenced off the whole thing so nobody could get into the building um and there were like people you know giving speeches and and putting up graffiti and like it was this incredible murals being made on every wall all of the businesses in the neighborhood had just like opened their doors and their bathrooms to people for services like and like like the the talk there's this big taco shop in the middle of it next to the park um that opened up its whole front courtyard area for like medical tents and stuff for like this free clinic that's forming um there's like all a shitload of free food 
um, good music. It was just like chill as hell. Um, no fucking cops. Um, a very and like you know functioning on a gift economy. So like people really trying to not use money yeah. for anything other than like the local mm-hmm. businesses. Because um, there is this understanding that's like. And what I think was smart about um, Seattle, because like in Portland, people are talking about trying to form a TAS and like the, the places they've suggested have been like a couple of parks uh, or PSU, like the, the college campus, both of which would be terrible places to do a temporary mm-hmm. autonomous zone. One of the reasons that the Seattle Hill or the Capitol Hill one has worked as much as it has is they they didn't just go into the middle of nowhere and set up a bunch right. of tents. They went into a neighborhood that was broadly sympathetic to their aims and they said, yeah. we're kicking the police out of this neighborhood um, and it's a neighborhood where people live and work. And so it's a functional chunk of society already. And they're just taking that and experimenting with certain other things yeah. around the edges of it. Um, anyway, it, it was really like the first night was was like thoroughly intoxicating. Um, mm-hmm. And there was definitely this this feeling I felt in a couple of places in the world during like moments of revolution where like this kind of sense that anything is possible. And so we had a great first night. I will say, um, uh, fuzzed out the edges of, of of kind of the intersection of journalism and activism by volunteering to do um, a night guard shift. So I, I stood armed mm-hmm. watch on the barricades. Um, you know, I had a gun. My partner, like we 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 did. You know, it, I I wanted to like do something. I wanted to like volunteer some time out there. Um, and that's a thing I know how to do. So we did that, and that was interesting. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I am interested in that. So one of the things I was doing to prepare for this was just kind of gauging some of the uh, right-wing media, mm-hmm. Donald Trump's responses to that. And we can get into it in a bit. But, you know, the way they're framing it is, you know, uh, cultural revolution. Uh, <laughs> actually, I want to talk to you. you. You make it sound like the businesses are fairly supportive of what's happening yeah. in the autonomous zone. Here's a Fox News headline. Seattle Autonomous Zone has armed guards, local businesses being threatened with extortion, police say. <laughs> and the first, yeah. the first sentence is, Seattle police say they've received reports of armed yeah. guards. Uh, you know, we've heard anecdotally uh, reports of citizens and businesses being asked to pay a fee to operate within this area. Anyway, uh, I, I, you talking about this armed guard situation of what yeah. you volunteered to do is is something I think is important to touch on is that there's some community self-policing. People are taking yeah. shifts and volunteering it, 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 and, and monitoring. It, it's not self-policing because there's no policing going on. Sure, it it, it like, was self-defense because there self-defense. have been threats made. People have yes. like threatened to shoot it up and threatened to attack people and drive cars into it. And that's what we were doing at the barricades is basically try we, like no one was we weren't searching, checking people's IDs. We weren't searching people. People are fr- were free to like come and go without it being asked a single question. Like there was no attempt to to mm-hmm. inter- interfere with individual people. People we were watching out for like a group of of armed right wing militiamen or somebody trying to drive a car through the barricades to hurt people like that was that was the goal. Yeah. Is like, yeah. Um, you know, there's people making threats. We should probably be just kind of hanging around. And there, there was nothing unlawful about it. In, in Washington, you're allowed to open carry firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what everyone was doing. Um, so it was, um, and the, the specific thing that like the claims that businesses are being, I talked to a couple of different business owners in the, in the chats and none of them had complaints about being shaken down. Uh, there was, that most of them were making a bunch of money cause there's way more people in yeah. Capitol Hill right now than normal. Um, what Especially that, that, uh, pandemic being yeah. raging around, you know. Yeah, that rumor started because of Andy No, um, yeah. in a in yep. an, an unsubstantiated Woo. article pu- that he published in the Post Millennial, um, and then the Seattle police took that and reported that they that like that was what they were reporting on, and the Seattle police had to later walk it back and say they had seen no evidence of that because it was a lie. That's um, how it works. God, yeah, what a fucking scumbag. In a general rule, like this idea that like there's fucking this is an anarchist project. There, I met a bunch. I met a number of anarchists there, um, and certainly like the idea of a temporary autonomous zone is is very near and dear to to anarchist hearts. Most of the people in the Chaz, most of the people doing stuff in the chat were not anarchists. I would describe most of them as is broadly liberal. You know, maybe mm-hmm. more more radicalized as a result of getting tear gassed for two weeks than they had been previously. But like, sure. they're not. These are not com- most. The vast majority of the people in the Chaz were not committed anarchists. Now it's Seattle, so you know maybe 
20% of them are anarchists, but like most of them are just like liberal lefty people who had enough of the fucking police. And most yeah. of them have, you know, there's definitely folks there who are anti-capitalist and I, I suspect kind of a broad desire to reform or end capitalism among the people there. But nobody wanted to fuck with like these local businesses. No, 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 nobody was like angry at the ramen shop or the, the Mexican restaurant, right? Like there, right. there, there were no business, yeah. there's no business. One of the reasons it was a good place to pick is all of the businesses in the Chaz were like nice independent little businesses doing stuff that nobody has any issue with. Like if right. you have an issue, like I, I don't like capitalism, but I don't, I, don't, I think we should have ramen shops. Like, like yeah. I think, I think we should have delicious. people. Yeah, they yeah. weren't camping out in target. It was. Yeah. 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 And, and um, so like, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, of yeah. ramen shops. Ramen? Um, yeah. We got to take a, a break for ads. Yes. This podcast is sponsored by the concept of ramen. Um, so if you support ramen, please mail $20 to Japan. Promo code yum, yum, yum. Yeah, just write that on a letter and stick it in the mailbox and see what happens. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Yep. ramen now mm-hmm. thank you sponsor the concept of ramen um, <laughs> ramtheon right um another thing that i have seen painted exclusively with right-wing media that i'd love you to speak to is um <laughs> they, there's been a, a variety of headlines uh about you know Differing ideological ideas. Well, you know, fractions within jazz, you know, black organizers of Seattle doubt the sincerity of white protesters or, you know, Black Lives Matters uh, feels like white protesters have hijacked their message, things like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there like, and and I, I do want to point out like number one, what a tiny section of Seattle this is. Yeah, like we drove through the city, and most of it's perfectly normal. Like there's there's like six blocks um, right. in a very large city that this is happening in. I will say it was actually a really diverse crowd at Capitol Hill, and a number of the people who were doing organizing things that I talked to, and, and like I filmed at one point like a public meeting that they had about what to do when the police reoccupied the building, and like the people who were definitely taking the lead in in organizing that discussion and talking and like stating their opinions were majority black. 
Um, yeah. And the white activists in that crowd were doing a pretty good job of like, we want to listen to what they have to say and like and kind of take their lead in this. So I I, I definitely like Seattle is majority a, 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 a whiter city than than most large cities in the United States. I would say that the the Chaz, from my experience, was more diverse than Seattle, Seattle. in general. Um, uh, and it, but it is like a, a situation where, yeah, you're not just talking about a a Black Lives Matter thing at mm-hmm. at this point. You are talking about now, like it's making sort of the case more broad. Like we're trying to do police abolition here, um, and trying to establish an area where there are not police. Um, to see if we can make that work. And that, you know, I, I guess, like, I can see how at, people who are particularly, like, uh, Black Lives Matter activists, how some of them might be, like, that's either watering down or distracting from our central message. Um, at the same time, I think we're a big country, and there's room for experiments like this within the mm-hmm. broader context of this uprising against police. Um, and... I think there's I, I know an, a significant number of of black activists and organizers um, who are very um, attached to to the Chaz and think this is very important and they're dedicating a lot of time to it. So I don't think it's fair to just like say this is like white white kids doing this, you know, because um, yeah. that's not what I saw on the ground. There were a bunch of white kids there, too. Absolutely. But like that's not what right I saw wing on the ground. media. Not yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's what. Yeah, you'll see that a lot. With just like any any sort of way to discredit what's going on, and yeah, they're very they they're incredibly scared of this. Like the and, and it, it it was evident when I came back to Portland. Um, obviously, like I, I think there's a lot of a lot of kids and especially a lot of white kids. Um, in the the Portland activist scene, who were like kind of pissed that Seattle did this first <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and wanted their own <laughs> autonomous zone, and that's happened. There's been like three or four attempts around the country so far, a couple of which are like ongoing to establish autonomous zones, um, free of police in a couple of cities. Um, and there was talk about doing that on Saturday night in Portland. Uh, there was going to be like a people were going to meet up at the Justice Center and like have a meeting about where to do it, and then march off and occupy some territory. Um, and it was canceled. That plan was canceled at the last minute when like a bunch of local activists of color were like, what the fuck are you doing? Number one, announcing that over social media six hours ahead of time is so right, fucking right. stupid. Um, and number two, mm-hmm. like nobody consulted like us about this and like this. So anyway, it, there was a whole kerfuffle over it and the plan was backed away from and there was just a normal protest that night. But the police, there were like four times as many cops as normal. Like they brought in cops from all over the rest of the state on like short notice in order to fill Portland up so that they could stop this thing if anyone actually did attempt to create an autonomous mm-hmm. zone because they're scared as hell of this idea. Um, I, and I think scared beyond the actual radical potential of of the Chaz by the idea. Like, you, you, there was just a case in um, fucking, um, uh, I forget which, this, there was like a little 50-person BLM rally in rural somewhere in the rural United States that like several hundred like MAGA protesters showed up armed to like assault and shove around because they were they terrified of of what the news has told him is this like anarchist hellhole that's eaten all of Seattle. Um, it's it's uh, it, it does say something about the power of these concepts and about the power of this idea that even something as mild as the Chaz, which is, again, more of a block party than a revolution that it but just the the vague idea that like oh yeah we're we're saying you can't have cops in this neighborhood like that fucking terrifies these people right um and that's really interesting to me the the fear with which uh this has been met by corners of our country says a lot cuz again it's a block party right? <laughs> well, absolutely uh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's well it's a threat to their way of life it's the threat yeah. to what we perceive yeah. as being possible um yeah they don't want people to get a taste yeah like the the autonomous zones that i've spent a lot of time in are like what if we did away with any forms of central authority like generated our own power for a while like uh had no police had Mm -hmm. no firefighters had no like did all of that ourselves um in a in a system where capitalism and, and any sort of use of money is explicitly forbidden um and the Chaz is kind of more just is different kind of autonomous zone because they're not they're not trying to completely change society. They're basically just saying like like the, the what's at least what I witnessed there was people being like, what if we had kind of the same society we have, um, but free food for people who need it and no cops? 
Like that, 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 that's (laughs) like medical attention if you need it. But like, yeah, still businesses, you know, still, still the other normal stuff, you know, street parking's free if you can find it. And there was a good amount of street parking, but like, it wasn't like, it's not like the Paris commune, right? Like they're not declaring war on the state to, to, to destroy it. People are basically, most of the people there, I think were like, yeah, what if we just get rid of the cops and we're made it a little easier to be homeless by making sure there's like free food and clinics around. Um, Yeah. And also, that's yeah, what I saw. Just yeah, all the people who are mad about this and terrified also hate the government. Yeah, and would support this kind of thing if it were for a slightly different reason, probably. Yeah, it, it is weird because, like, the stuff that I believed when I was a conservative, I wouldn't have found this to be out of line with my ide- ideology right. at the time, which was like, uh, people should just be left alone to do their own shit. Um, like. It's yeah, it's, the go- like yeah. get the government out of my business. Um, we're having a party. <laughs> go away. Yeah, yeah. Or join the party. It's up to you. Um, the president's response has been oh yeah something. Yeah, you guys want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, what did he say? A, a interview with Fox News. Here, what do we have here with uh, Harris Faulkner? Uh, this is Donald Trump. Um. You know, saying that the, his administration is not going to let Seattle be occupied by anarchists. If there were more toughness, you wouldn't have the kind of devastation that you had in Minneapolis and in Seattle. I mean, let's see what's going on in Seattle. I'll tell you, if they don't straighten that situation out, we're going to straighten it out. Um, and just so many tweets about it. Yeah, you know, Mayor of Seattle and Jay Inslee are being taunted and played at a level that our great country has never seen before. Take back your city now. If you don't do it, I will. This is not a game. These ugly anarchists must be stopped immediately. Move fast. You know, law and order tweets. Um, I also love uh, (laughs) domestic terrorists have taken over Seattle, run by the radical left Democrats. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, domestic radical left Democrats. Domestic yeah, I, terrorists, but the KKK Antifa is not Joe a terrorist. Biden. No, but you know who's a terrorist is the people who showed up with several hundred pastrami sandwiches to give free sandwiches yeah. out. Um, Fuck those guys! A classic Disgusting. act of. I, I remember in Mosul when ISIS threw pastrami sandwiches at us. I, I had real flashbacks uh, to my last encounter oh, with your terrorism. Your PTSD was triggered. Yeah, yeah, my pastrami, yeah, my, 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 pastrami, my pastrami, my pastrami traumatic stress disorder. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is one of the like again like the the tazes I've been involved with have been I think kind of more more politically radical um, than the Chaz, which is a pretty mild autonomous zone you know by comparison to some particularly by comparison to like Rojava or the Maidan um, or even kind of Standing Rock um, but it it like just hearing people talk about it like it's devastated Seattle it's like I. I ate at a lovely uh, bip and bop place that uh, is, is just in the middle of this. Right, like I, right. I got I mean, my partner and I got like a bunch of food and some beers and we sat in the middle of a park on a nice sunny day and listened to a mix of speeches and street music and watched people paint a mural. Sounds and it incredible. was a, it was lovely. It was a very nice afternoon. Also, <laughs> American Taliban like said yeah. like those businesses are actually getting a lot more customers right now, probably than the rest of Seattle because of the pandemic. You know? I met a very and bought a number of drinks from a very happy bartender who was yeah. like, "Yeah, I've been getting great mm-hmm. tips." Like, I talked to a couple of folks who were like stylists at a, a hair salon, and they're like, "Yeah, our salon actually still isn't open yet because of COVID nineteen, but once this happened, we like." emailed or called our um our our manager and we're like can we open up the salon so that people can have access to the bathrooms and so that we can use it as like a community um like a, a, a basically a place to dispense like uh things that people need you know like food and, and yeah. sanitation supplies and stuff and their boss was like absolutely and so like these two like stylists were just kind of there on their own time opening up the shop so that it could be part of this Incredible. um yeah, and yeah, they, gonna... they weren't even making any money off of it at that point. Because, again, yeah. like because of the plague, they weren't doing haircuts. But yeah, right. it was great. Um, I was actually going to ask about that. What's the, um, the I guess, the, the social distance mask mm-hmm. COVID concern vibe there? Like, <laughs> uh, people, most people were masked. Uh, social distancing, I, I will certainly say, not as distant as we <laughs> ought to be. Because um, uh-huh. it's been very crowded a lot of times. Yeah. Um, but people are pretty good about masks. You know, it, it it did come out recently that 
Um, just yesterday, I think the news dropped that only one percent of uh, of Washington's or of Seattle's um, COVID nineteen cases uh, traced back to the protests, which started like two weeks ago. So we do have yeah. some good data on that now. Um, and in, in in Oregon, we had like our biggest one day uh, new COVID nineteen cases, like two hundred fifty cases, but only five of them were people who had attended protests. So it does yeah. seem like the fact that people are despite everything else masked up in these is right right well the masks cuts transmission down to like one percent yeah if if both if you're interacting with someone and you're both wearing a mask yeah that's what does it it's not one person yeah so in general you know yeah it it does seem like we can it does seem like one of the things we're learning about COVID 19 is that we can reasonably safely all be out in public together if everybody's wearing a mask like, if yeah. right, if we do the, the precautions, I actually yeah. I I didn't read this. Yeah. I heard somebody talking about it, but there is some study of if everybody, just everybody everywhere, can, wore masks for three weeks, it would be wiped out. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It would be very simple to have been done with this with a minimal impact on the economy. Um, but that America is not going to do the simple yeah. thing. We're going no, to have a, a real dumb fight about it for no good reason. Yeah, what if we make it worse? And that's why I am proud to be an American, where at least (laughs) I know I am free to elongate a pandemic by months. And I won't forget (laughs) the men who died to give that right to me (laughs) to spread the plague to them. I don't care about the men And I'll probably stand up (laughs) next to you, and I will lick your eyeball today. Because freedom means, you know... The plague. I don't know. I, um, we were doing yeah. a little no, bit freedom of means having to stand up for that song. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, it, um, licking eyeballs mm-hmm. is. That's what for, I miss most about the before for time. Break just on. That I'll just note. you know say, who's gonna I'll lick just, your eyes. Yeah, uh, Robert. I'm gonna have nightmares about that tonight. I I'm having the too. craziest COVID dreams lately. I do not have a night where I don't have intense, just dr- COVID revolution. All of it. Just dreams that are intense and that will be in my dreams now it's time for an ad (laughs) yeah speaking of dreams these products are a dream well done welcome to the worst year ever we'll get through together or not with every cbd product claiming to do something different it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're returned. We're back, back, back Yay. from the ad, ad, So ad. I think that's all we have to say about the Chaz. About the Chaz. autonomous zones. Let's talk about Ron Perlman for just a brief second. Ron Perlman, we'll get that's... on to something important. <laughs> Yeah. Thank, okay. Thank okay. Okay. Goodness. Yeah. Someone on Twitter, uh, uh, Menshevik M, uh, summarized it really well, and I want to read his summary. So Ron Perlman <laughs> called United States Congressman and possible accessory to sex crimes Jim Jordan ugly, which caused United States Senator Ted Cruz to challenge Perlman to wrestle Jordan. Perlman responded that he'd wrestle Cruz instead, for which Cruz called him a pussy. Um, huh. Interesting. It's, it's a good a good brief summary of what's happened, which is a That's very funny it, yeah. thing. <laughs> a moment of levity in a time yeah. of darkness. 
Yeah, it's I love beautiful. it. Um, it's awesome. Because <laughs> yeah. um, also it stemmed from uh, like it, it was he called Jim Jordan ugly, but also he's been fighting with Matt Gates for a while online. Yeah, um, because Matt Gates uh, is trying to introduce a law that makes the U.S. soccer team have to stand up during the national anthem. He sure because has. He's like because he's what like a real fuck? like a, re- the, a real boring fascist. I. Um, can't tell you all how happy I am. How happy I am with th- the existence of Ron Perlman. Um, oh yeah, because he he's just kind of, like he's a he's a Democrat, and I I think we probably would disagree on a lot of stuff politically. Um, but I appreciate him repeatedly challenging Ted Cruz to a fight. <laughs> it's so amazing because like yeah. it's it's because like Ron Perlman. Okay, it's just a guy, and like he's tweeting. He's about just Hellboy. Some, yeah, some he's just Hellboy calling the congressman ugly. And then this <laughs> other guy shows up and he doesn't even say like, leave my friend alone. I'll beat you up. He's like, leave my friend alone. My friend could beat you up. Yeah. And he challenged him to, to fight his buddy. Yeah. And you d- I don't and, even know if he talked to his buddy about it. <laughs> right. It's like, not like it's, that's something he challenged him. Like, well, d- you got to do a charity. So like, did you discuss this ahead of time? And it's just like, as soon as, as soon as Ron comes back with actually like, why don't I fight you instead? Ted's like, you're just scared to wrestle him. It's like, well then Ted, why aren't you responding to the part where he said you should fight him? It's just, it's a perfect distillation of like everything is wrong. Uh, not everything is wrong, but like <laughs> no, not Donald, Tr- Donald Trump, like he is like, cr- he has destroyed the GOP and like yes. whittled them down into these bizarre little online freaks. Yeah. They were just, just like, like it's they're just obsessed with posting and they can't get enough of like they're, they're just like asking the blue checks if they're triggered and like doing it's their little princess bride gifts with some awesome. daily wire intern and like challenging like Deborah Messing to like arm wrestle each other. It's so yeah. weird. They've devolved into these bizarre little freaks. And it's yeah, it's it's, it's 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 also impossible. It's like like that's that it just it just like I feel like I'm going mad when I see the way congressmen just talk they're now. US senator they're US yeah. senators and they're so fucking online. It's yeah. so pathetic and weird. Like like, like like Ted Cruz, I have I have literally has watched people on 4chan comment like more reasonably to, in similar situations than you are right now. Like, there are 14-year-olds on the internet who are more mature than you, and <laughs> you have you have collapsed the U.S. economy before because you got angry. Like, you have that power, <laughs> and you're shitposting. Like, what is, it's what is wrong with you? <laughs> unbelievable. So much is wrong with him and them now. It's so, it's so funny. And, like, they can't, he just can't get enough. He, yeah. there was a night... Where he's deleted all of these posts, but he, some fucking college student, this woman, it's like 20 years old, tweeted like, Ted Cruz is wrong and ugly or something like that. Yeah. She didn't tag him. She didn't do anything. It was a screenshot. And Ted Cruz, within a minute, retweeted it and like had all of his weird little followers like pile on her and like challenge her to a debate about free speech. And she ended up deleting it. Because, like, Ted Cruz retweeted me for some weird reason. And then he retweeted her again, being like, she, look, she, blo- she blocked me. She's a coward. It's like, no, she, like, deleted her tweet because a senator was harassing her online. You fucking weirdo. I'm sorry. It's, it's, I... it, there was it's... a weird moment. God, I think it was, like, a year ago now where some other U.S. senator, like, posted about going into i think it was a fucking uh pho place and hearing a bunch of anarchists having a conversation about how they'd like the world to be and like he said something like you know this is what i would have said if i'd you know had an argument with them or something like this is what i would have asked them it's like number one you had that opportunity and you chose not to engage with them because you're a coward (laughs) and like ted cruz retweeted it and then a couple of my friends because this happened i think somewhere in the dallas area were like that was us. <laughs> like, like we, were, we were just like chilling at a fun place. And now this like now fucking Ted Cruz is like trying to dunk on us in Twitter for a conversation. He wasn't present oh, for like, what the what the fuck? 
What is How do you, wrong with you, Ted? What is wrong you with fuck, you people? You, you absolute freak. Like, you fucking, uh, oh my god, you posting addict. It's yeah. so weird. Go, log like, off. Go write a bad law that everyone will hate. I will make this promise right now. I have made a lot of posts on Twitter that I, I regret and that were bad takes. I, I do. I would say at least once a week I have a bad take on Twitter. Gotta, it happens. Everyone's got their bad takes. Come yeah, on. and I'm drunk, especially now, especially like after I get back from the riots, like having been like repeatedly flashbanked i get drunk and i post stuff on twitter and about half of it's stupid as shit um (laughs) if i will make this promise now if i ever get into congress i will lock my twitter account i will not be a tweeting congress person (laughs) um i I promise you that that's Uh, your platform i will will hire an aide to dispense the necessary information via twitter that my office has to get out Mm -hmm. um i will not be shit posting while in congress Um, i I make that promise to to you now well, all right. And, and then, like all politicians, so I absolutely uh, won't hold to this. <laughs> Will you like your own porn tweets, though? Yeah, um, Katie, want to take her from here? Sure. Um, yeah. uh, this has been a fun little romp <laughs> detour. I think that there's some more heavy things that we should talk about before we r- run this episode into the ground. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to talk about... Um, some alarming things that we've seen happening in the last week. Uh, <laughs> alarming, to put it mildly. Deaths of black people, of black men, of black trans women. The deaths I want to speak about initially are of um, Robert Fuller and Malcolm Harsh. Wait, let me make sure I'm saying his name properly. Yeah, okay. You can cut. Wait, I want to make sure I'm saying his name properly. Uh, if you guys have not heard about this um, over the past week in California and near to L.A., but in um, a, a suburb, the Antelope Valley, uh, which is a notoriously racist community in in California, you know, KKK members live there, white supremacists and just generally racist and white Um Earlier this week, uh, or last week, uh, Robert Fuller, a 24-year-old black man, was found hanging in a tree outside of the city hall. Uh, And about a week prior to that, Malcolm had been found hanging from a tree near the library, and, and, and these two cities are 50 miles apart. Another black man has gone missing. Um, that one may be mental health related, um, but this all happened very close to each other in a very short proximity. And in, in both of the hanging uh, cases, the police immediately called it a suicide, uh, saying that there have been a spike in suicides because of COVID-19. Um, and they've repeated that a lot. And this has caused a bit of an uproar, you could say. At first, though, nobody was covering it. It took days of people tweeting. And, and there still is barely any coverage. Um, and it's incredibly distressing. Uh, and we don't know, (laughs) we don't know what actually happened here. Uh, I, you know, I suppose that there's a world where it could be a suicide. It seems highly unlikely seeing as there's no suicide note. Also Robert Fuller, the last time he'd been seen alive was at a black lives matter protest. Like earlier that yeah, day, I'm I sure believe. Yeah, sure. There's nothing shady there. Sure, there's nothing shady there. You know, um, they say it, it's a suicide, but how? Is there a ladder there? No. The other thing that's really alarming is that they um, said that there wasn't any camera footage. Unfortunately, no camera footage. However, just people showing up to investigate have already pointed out all the businesses with cameras facing <laughs> the square. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I don't have an ultimate point other than it's distressing and we need to be paying attention and keeping, trying to keep people accountable. You know, I, I started posting about this a lot over the weekend and I had somebody that I tend to respect, but we differ a lot telling me that it was irresponsible um, because, you know, he's, he says they are investigating it. Yeah, well, it is. What do you mean? Yeah, the cops are investigating it. <laughs> oh, good. Calm the down. police. Cops, the, <laughs> the cops the, got the it. The police force that they yeah. themselves are known as racist. I mean, the one that I didn't mention that I should 
but it was not a potential lynching, was an yeah. unarmed black man that was shot in his home last week by those yeah. same cops uh, on a des- domestic violence call. I they say a, a, that he ran for their gun. The yeah, woman's sure partner say says that. that three cops were holding him down and the other mm-hmm. one shot him. So oh, yeah. mm, Interesting. So the police are looking into it. Okay. Um, I, I want to make a brief historical point here. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently putting together the first episodes dropped this week of our new Behind the Police series. Um, but I wanted to make a, a point as part of like, th- I haven't even written the episodes yet, but I just did this research. So the United States had a massive lynching problem, um, like 1890s through uh, like 1920s, 30s. Uh, around there is like kind of the heyday of lynching in the United States. Um, you know, lynching primarily of black men. And um, one of the first major successes of modern U.S. police was stopping the lynching epidemic. Um, that was that was done by law enforcement. Uh, and y- you know how they did it? How? By taking the men who like lynch mobs would form when like somebody in town would like randomly accuse a black dude of like assaulting a white woman or some other vague crime. Right. Like that was always the thing. And uh, police generally just stood aside and let it happen because kind of they were afraid that the mob would burn down the town or burn down the police station if, you know, they attempted to investigate this. And the way that police stopped lynch mobs was by making it very clear that whenever a black man was accused of a capital crime like that, the police would take him into custody. He would be given a show trial and immediately executed. And so they stopped lynch mobs. Oh my god! <laughs> by executing black okay. people instead. So yeah, it's problem solved. You legalize. You legalize the lynch mob. Yeah. Yeah, we formalized it. Like we can't have lynch mobs because that's you know that's, that's not that's anarchy. Yeah. But this is a process. But this you know? is a process. It we just... had a trial where twelve white men said yes, kill the guy, um, and you know, then we killed him, and that's better. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just. I guess my point, I don't want it's to be It's fine alarmist. police work. Yeah, it's sorry. fine police work. No, I, but I, I, we've seen these massive, peaceful, moving protests. We've seen police riots. Um, we definitely know that white supremacists are out there riled up, infiltrating certain places. If you think that there isn't some sort of pushback that's happening or that might be about to, might be happening. I, I think that that's naive. I think that what you're seeing here is a response. I think. I mean, we'll see. I shouldn't say that if, if definitively because we're going to see. But it's at of, the very like, least, it's a possibility. And at the very least, the the cops of the, this police department not saying, "Oh, look what's happening in the world. Look at the demographics of our community," and to immediately just brush under the rug the possibility that this could be a hate crime is incredibly alarming to me. And um, I, think, I think that we should be aware of it and paying attention and, and you know, stepping up. Um, I guess that's my yeah, it's soapbox un, it's rant. Yeah, it's unsurprising. Um, and uh, it's something, I don't, like, it's, it's odd to me the reaction of, like, don't worry, like, you're, freaking out over nothing they said they were investigating it like even yeah. just the past couple of weeks should indicate that the cops are fucking liars exactly all that's the, my point all the time every day there's literally footage of them tackling somebody and then putting a stick in their hand <laughs> so they can claim that they were tackling because he had a stick in his hand again like fine police work <laughs> and like they are okay great they're investigating well let's just make sure they know that we're watching you know yeah <laughs> so yeah, that well, we're <laughs> Yes. The the problem with this, and I made a statement like this on 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 Twitter because I I too am addicted to posting. But like the issue is, um, obviously no one's gonna trust whatever the fucking police say unless they say this was a lynching. Um, then maybe some people will <laughs> trust it. But uh, the police have no credibility. The FBI has slightly more than no credibility in the eyes of I think most people right now. So I I don't think that's gonna help either if there's a federal investigation, just because nobody trusts any kind of law enforcement right now. Um. But also, a, a big citizen investigation on Twitter is not the way to handle this, because it will right. be done badly. Because it will um, be done badly. Um, um, but good, diligent reporters yes. need to figure this the shit out. Um, yeah. that, I, that That's what needs to happen. And um, 
if I were a good, diligent reporter, I guess I would try to get to the bottom of this. But instead, I'm going to shit post on Twitter like Ted Cruz. Well, there are people Hell on yeah. it, and and like part of the we have to emulate you know, our heroes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Part of, to me, the benefit of of yeah, Twitter people being outraged and paying attention and saying uh, we need an independent investigation, you know, a second autopsy not done by you know their guy is okay. So now. Apparently, there are calls for the California Attorney General to take up this case and look into it. Okay, that's great. Um, but just taking them at their word, okay, it's likely a COVID suicide, is not going to fly. It's not going to fly. Mm-hmm. Nope. That's my that's my my time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, especially like the last time he saw they saw him, he's at a protest. It's what we've talked about with like all those Ferguson activists that have disappeared. It's why we yeah. talk about like blur people's faces if you you know you're sharing something. Right, right, right. I don't know. It's alarming. Welcome to the worst year ever. <laughs> Some of us will get through it, hopefully. Or not. <laughs> but that really does remain to be seen. We need like um, a really spooky, slowed down version of our yeah. theme song. Yeah, Cody. Yeah. Come on. Come like on. a like a like a sad <laughs> one. or like a what was it like um like a hurt cover kind of yeah mm-hmm. my year was bad today <laughs> uh, <laughs> today was a bad like today was a day. bad year yeah, exactly <laughs> um my year was bad today just like every day it's all there yeah it's all there i i am i i want to advance a petition to end the year um let's say Let's say June thirtieth, we move That's to twenty twenty one, right? Let's just, yeah, let's just, we we've had enough year. I like it would really, <laughs> would re, it was, it was, it was Ron Perlman and Ted Cruz uh, getting into a Twitter fight about whether or not to wrestle that made me decide like this is we're, we're done we've maxed out what can be fit in a year. Like, we have to move to twenty twenty one now. Counterpoint, yeah. Then you're ruining twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's it's gonna suck too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's we filled this year year ever though. Like we filled it up with terrible stuff, and 2021 (laughs) is gonna be still bad. Not as bad, but just still bad. Um, I mean, it might be as bad. Upward tick. We're gonna. No, it'll be an upward tick. We're gonna reach the ides. The ides of 2020 are July 2nd. All right. So we get to we get to the ides of 2020. It's the worst day ever. (laughs) But then. Everything after that. I think we should stop making predictions because they come true and it sucks. I, I mean, I, I think will... Ted Cruz is going to call Arnold Schwarzenegger a soy boy before this is all over. <laughs> God, I hope so. Oh, man. I hope I hope Arnold Schwarzenegger punches. Who do I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to punch? Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, or in a hatch. Time, That's like, what I want. TikToks with his <laughs> with his pet donkeys now. That's what he does with this guy. I'd like I'd like. Him to punch a lot of people. Yeah, that, that'd he be could, a charity I could donate. He's too to. could is he make like up... hand feeding his pet donkeys to post. Like I'm not even. That's like not even a joke. That's I know, literally what I he's know. been doing with his time. Uh, but if he wants to make up for the bad things he did as governor, he can punch Orrin Hatch. Um, punch former and, Senator Orrin Hatch, and sure, I will forgive on, him Arnold. for 19 percent of the things former. he did while governor. You don't want him to p- punch Mitch McConnell. I do, I do. I would forgive everything he did as governor if he really landed one good haymaker on Mitch McConnell. I think this is, might be a juvenile joke, but I just had this image of him punching Mitch McConnell and his head just kind of receding into that neck, you know? Yeah. Like a turtle. Like a turtle, yes, yes. Yeah, he's knocked on his back and he can't roll back over. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Uh, that seems like a good place no, to no, end this girl, episode. Somebody Come wants on, to draw yeah. that image for us. I love you. If somebody wants to just incite a fist fight between Mitch McConnell and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I will also accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ted Cruz in the man. background cheering him on. That's some 2020 boy. fan fiction right yeah. there. I, I do want to end by Get noting the worst thing I've read recently, okay. which is an article with, uh, I think the title was something along the lines of, it might take weeks or even months to know the result of the uh, the 2020 election. Like, oh we will not know God. on election night because of all the additional mail-in ballots and everything. And, like, they're making the case that, like, this actually means that, you know, we'll be extra certain of the count. But, like, any delay in that <sighs> result is going to be a fucking <sighs> nightmare. And we all nightmare know it. Weeks. Like, election month is going to be fucking hell. We need to um, plan something big. 
for that like, time frame. Like leave. <laughs> like yeah. leave country. come back. What if we? I don't what think if that we, we're going to be allowed to go to any other countries. I, I think the actual right thing to do would be for the government to issue a massive bailout, but with the condition that everyone has to leave the United States mm-hmm. for a month. Like we all vote and then we go on vacation in other countries oh for a month. God. All 320 mm-hmm. million of us just empty the whole country out. That would be a the right play. Just yeah, all yeah. of America's Wipe down like, all the surfaces while we're yeah. gone. There's no, there, there's no America this this month, y'all. We 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 just can't. <laughs> like, yeah, America's canceled. <laughs> yeah, we're we're taking we're taking a month off. Um, I'd get behind that. Except the the tourists would be a real problem. Yeah, I mean, it would be a nightmare for we the rest of awful. the world. But I do think the rest of the world needs to take one for the team. The team being America. Come on, yeah, international knowing, listeners. Knowing what it's doing in the long run. I think. Volunteer to house some of us. Yeah, show some solidarity here. Yeah, Fucking Christ. grow up. God. Um, you guys could check us out online at Worst yeah. Year Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and that's it. Yeah. There's a tea Public store with stuff in it. Yeah. Iceland's you know. empty. Let us fill up Iceland. God, I'd love Iceland. Yeah, fuck it. What, do you, what else do you do in Iceland? Let 320 million Americans crash on your couch. It'll be fine. Come on. They've only got like 30,000 people. I don't know how many people are in Iceland, but it's not many. It's not many. And they don't have that many couches. Um, we'll have to figure out the couch situation. We can go can camping. Can yeah. All right, guys. That's it, I think. Yep. Play That's us it. out. Us. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb and it's gonna get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.